Hi, everyone, and welcome to Out of the Gray, a podcast by Standard Imaging. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a like, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues to help these messages continue their reach. Without any further delay, let's jump into this latest conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Out of the Gray, the podcast where we discuss all things radiation oncology and medical physics. Today, incredibly excited to have with me a special guest, Dr. Christy Perez with Civitech. Uh, Dr. Perez, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Uh, I'm great. This particular interview came about because this month we're featuring brachytherapy as our spotlight line of, of radiation oncology products. So I appreciate you and Civitech for kind of joining us and helping us take on brachytherapy for the month of February. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. Civitech Oncology has developed three products that are polymer encapsulated radiation sources that are all used for cancer treatments. Various parts of the body are treated with the three different product lines. We have Civis String that's used for prostate cancer primarily. Civis Sheet that's used after the gross tumor has been resected. It's implanted to address the positive surgical margins that might be left behind. Um, it's a planar device that is one-sided. So you put the radiation towards the surgical margin that you want to treat. And then the gold side is shielded. And so it can shield the healthy tissues that you don't want to deliver any radiation. Our newest product line is Cividerm. It's the Civa sheet, but used in external temporary setting such as for skin cancer or keloids. You can just attach the device for five days or so and deliver a full course of radiation in an outpatient setting. And so, yeah, Civitech has been um, really well supported from Standard Imaging. We developed two specialized source holders with Standard Imaging's help to be compatible with their IVB 1000 and HDR 1000 plus well chamber detectors. I think anybody who's associated with brachytherapy knows that they have to do the calibration um, assay so that they can uh, verify the sources that have been received. And we send 10% non-sterile calibration sources, and all of our customers have the source holders that were created at Standard Imaging. It sounds like some really uh, fascinating developments that have that have occurred between Standard Imaging and Civitech. And before we were before we started recording today, you'd mentioned that you're a product manager in that development. Uh, project management, yeah, I joined the Civitech whenever there was about four employees, and I started as a benchtop scientist in the clean room, um, and then kind of quickly rolled into lead scientist role where I did project management, getting TG43 parameters defined for all of our product lines and all of the technical aspects that needed to happen in order to make commercially available sources. And so when I started at, at the bench top, we were still doing our testing for the Nuclear Regulatory Commission to determine that it was a sealed source and device. And so all brachytherapy products are sealed sources and they're on the sealed source registry. And I worked through with our engineers and leadership to make sure that we met all the specifications required and then send off the application to our agreement state to get that done. And then worked with uh, University of Wisconsin and also Mark Rivard to do some Monte Carlo and measurements of the sources so that we could determine our TG43 parameters 
And part of that is this traceability and being able to measure the sources. And so along the way, we had to develop a source holder that could position our products in the standardized well chambers, which is IVV 1000 or the HDR 1000 plus. And, you know, you, there's like a sweet spot in that um, detector that you want to put the sources at. And so we, you know, I worked with standard imaging engineering team to make that source holder. And we kind of had to iterate back and forth on our second product line, the Civa sheet, because um, the way it's sighted, it has to be able to be um, very robustly held in place. And, um, you know, that side needs to be really clear as to which way they put it into the source folder so they can have very systematic routine measurements at the hospital. But then also whenever you send your well chamber to the ADCL to, to get that traceability, um, that everybody does it the same. And so, yeah, along the way through all of our regulatory hurdles, as I was getting closer and closer to having a commercial device, we had to work hand in hand with um, our collaborators and Saturn Imaging was a really great partner in that. Yeah, brachytherapy is not a new tech, but it's interesting to see how the field continues to push to push forward despite the, the high level of familiarity that that most um, in the rat onc space have with, with all things brachy. Yeah, agreed. I mean, Civitec is one of the only companies that is making strides in creating new sealed source products, mm. um, new developments for internal permanent implants. Um, you see some companies making new external sources, um, but not that much development in brachytherapy. Um, and so we're really happy to be on the forefront of creating these new product lines that really um, make these elegant solutions to problems that we're facing in real time as we diagnose cancers earlier and earlier and have better and better imaging modalities to really determine exactly where we want the radiation to go. Mm. Being able to deliver it <laughs> very, very tightly with you know um, small volumes to be treated is really important. And I think that the way that Civitech incorporates shielding and directionality into our sources really takes advantage of these new modern imaging techniques. It's fascinating to see how it's how it's changed. You look look back at where it started with the long needles and the plates, and it's kind of a scary thing to see um, on paper. But but these these new developments are intriguing. For the you had mentioned one particular thing that caught my ear there the the civis sheet is this is this internal use? So the civis sheet it um its FDA clearance is for permanent interstitial brachytherapy and it can be used as combination therapy with other modalities like chemotherapy or immunotherapy. It's always. It has been at this point always been implanted during gross tumor resection, where the you know the big volume of tumor is removed, and then the device is placed at the surgical margin. It's a permanent implant. The clear membrane does bioabsorb, and then the circular disc components that are the sealed source remain for the lifetime of the patient. There is the cividerm looks exactly like the civisheet. It is exactly the same product, mm -hmm. but it has a separate FDA clearance for temporary, um, 
temporary surface treatment, I think it is. Um, you can use it in intercavitary, so it could be used as an eye flag. Um, it could be used in the mouth, but it would be um, uh, something that would be only used for a few days. From the end user standpoint, when they are, they have a patient scheduled for a procedure, they they purchase their their device from Civitec. They it goes into the the holder and it's that was the development part, right? With standard imaging. Traditionally, with seats, there's a Kapton tube in the middle of that cylinder that you slide the um, source in and out of that Kapton tube. But because ours is number one a disc and it doesn't slide down in that same diameter. And number two, we measure it, we assay it inside the bioabsorbable membrane. So you have all of the attenuating layers that the patient's gonna see there in your, um, your qualification of the product. Then um, there is inside that cylinder, instead of a, a thin capped on tube, there is a plastic um, rectangle that has a flap on it. And then you open the flap and you put the Civa sheet into it on these little pegs um, that hold the uh, holes through the bioabsorbable in place. And then you close the flap and it compresses it and holds it taut so that there is no leaning of the little disc source. Um, you know that source geometry is pretty important whenever you're assaying. So you don't want it to be closer to one wall or and sorry, the other wall of the well chamber, you want it to be exactly centered. So it holds it exactly centered. And then there's a procedure associated with it that we developed not only with standard imaging, but also with the ADCL at Wisconsin of, you know, just basically always put the gold side facing you, the flap door side, so that there can be some systematic routine um, way that it's done across the country. After the device is prepared, is is the civet sheet or uh, or civederm then taken into the operating room? The civederm is an uh, external source, so it can be done in any office. But the civet sheet is implanted during like full operations. Like there might be a nine ten hour surgery, and it's a fifteen minute part segment of that whole surgery. And so it's the civet sheet itself is taken into the operating room. It's delivered sterile, like in Tyvek packaging, and we ship it in a white leaded polymerized uh, envelope. And so that whole entire lead envelope is taken up to the OR. And then when they're ready for the product, they'll just take it out the Tyvek into the sterile field. It can be used in any operating room. There's no special shielding requirements needed for the operating room. And also at this point, no radiation safety program at any hospital has required that the surgeon or the operating staff is um, using any lead shielding or badges. So, you know, with fluoro fluoroscopy programs, the people in the room would normally be wearing shielding mm -hmm. and they would be badged employees. But for this device, partially because so few of them are done in any one individual hospital, and partially because with the gold shielding embedded in it, it's, you know, very easy to shield the device. Palladium is actually the lowest energy emitter of any of the permanent implant isotopes. It's a 21 keV mean energy. So it's, it's very easy to shield. 
it doesn't go that far in air. And so basically the operating room doesn't have to do any major adjustments. They might have like, you know, six hours of surgery and then they call radiation oncology. They come up, they do this 15, 20 minute procedure um, without having to scrub out, without having to do any additional layers of protection. And then after that 15 or 20 minutes, the radiation oncology team leaves and they close up the patient and they not let the serial feel, the patient hasn't been disrupted. Um, it, it's pretty seamless integration with any normal hospital program um, in the country at this time. Wow. So no additional requirements for the OR or the OR team, apart from joining forces with Radonc to make sure that the, the, the device gets placed where it needs to be. And then exactly. Yeah. I, I have seen a lot in the newspapers recently and in the, um, you know, I, I follow several I'm a radiation therapist myself. So I, f- I follow uh, the tech kind of along in the newspapers and I've seen intraoperative radiosurgery coming back and, and making kind of this resurgence into, um, into what is a standard of care that even 10 years ago, I don't really, at least from my perspective, I didn't really hear that much about it. And now I kind of, it's, it seems to be popping up more and more these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that in a lot of cases, IORT didn't, take off that quickly when it first started because of the technical hurdles that had to be overcome. Initially, in some cases, their patients had to be relocated from the normal surgical room to a shielded vault where the radiation would be administered. And then the patient have to move back to that sterile operating room again. And some point they were starting to make rooms that were specialized for um, surgery plus radiation. So they were sterile rooms that you could do both, but there's a trade-off to be had um, both for either scenario and the technical hurdles kind of slowed the progression of the adoption of those technologies. And so we tried to engineer around that, um, mindfully considering how the hospital would have to implement a program um, such as this. And we tried to engineer a solution for the hospital that they could adopt readily, quickly, so that all the patients could benefit as quickly as possible. And that it can, you know, be used as routine standard of care at any hospital facility so that patients would always have access to having this treatment option. It's, you know, sometimes kind of frustrating because If you have a proton therapy machine, you get offered proton therapy. If you have an IORT machine, you get offered IORT. But if the hospital doesn't have it, then they don't have it to offer. And so we wanted to make sure that patients had the ability to have this treatment irrelevant of which hospital was closest to them and which hospital was in network for their insurance, you know, because there are many surgeries for cancer where positive surgical margins have an impact on patient outcomes. There's like, you know, pancreatic cancer has 26% of the patients have a positive surgical margin after surgery and breast cancer. I think it's something around 30% have positive surgical margins and uh, lung cancer is the same, something around 30%. And so what you find is 
that those patients after they've already been closed up and, you know, they get their pathology report might have to undergo some sort of treatment frequently that's external beam radiation. And it's unfortunate because some of those patients would have already received radiation just to qualify for surgery. And so they would have already maxed out on, on their radiation. But with our product, the Siva Sheet, because the radiation field is so targeted, because we chose Palladium 103, which has the lowest energy, its dose depth is actually most localized to the device. And so we give the dose you know, exactly at that treatment margin where microinvasive disease is gonna be left behind. And we don't penetrate too far into tissue that you might start to interact with some of the healthy structures behind where you've already resected. And you also don't have to worry about the healthy tissues on the backside of the device. That might be organs at risk that you don't wanna irradiate further because the gold blocks all the radiation going that way. And so this device is really for that patient that has microinvasive disease or may possibly have microinvasive disease left behind. And it just treats those few millimeters right there where the surgeon couldn't cut anymore or didn't think they needed to cut anymore. And the real amazing thing about it is because the dose is so localized and it's you know so conformal to where it needs to be, we haven't had any radiation-induced side effects that um, have been uh, based on the device. The device hasn't induced any radiation side effects in any of these patients. And so we actually have publications that say there's no downside to implanting this device wow. because if the patient has positive surgical margins, you've already addressed it with the device at the highest amount of dose you possibly could give that patient higher than anything you could have achieved with external beam following up. But at the other end, if the patient has, you know, clear pathology, there's no side effects having been created. So the patient doesn't have any detriment to having the device. And so it's a really nice way to feel like you can do a one and done surgery and the patient can feel like at least that part of their treatment is complete and they can move to the next phase of their life. To, to move to that next stage, often as folks who work in this field, we um, that's, that's our entire goal. That's everything. Right. Um, yeah. Civitech oncology is actually a very patient focused company. Um, our CEO, Suzanne Babcock, she decided to start this company after watching her parents go through radiation therapy for their own cancers treatments. And, you know, she was just kind of like, wow, this has, there has to be a better way to do this, a more patient friendly way to do this, to deliver the dose to the patients quickly and from, you know, something that will get them moving to the next phase of their life as quickly as possible. Um, I think that her mom had breast cancer and wound up not completing her whole course of external radiation because of the side effects that was creating, because of the inconvenience that occurred. And unfortunately, she's not the only person that felt that way. Like there, there is a subset of patients who don't have their full course of radiation, even knowing the risks of recurrence mm -hmm. be because of side effects and because of inconvenience for it. And I think that some of the other radiation modalities, I mean, they're super effective and we're really happy to have them available, but they aren't 
aren't, they were not invented from a patient's perspective and mindset of undergoing treatment. They were, they were invented with a mindset of how can we deliver this radiation as safe as possible um, to the patients. And like I said, our devices have all been created with the mindset of how can we do this in the most patient-friendly uh, way possible. Inspirational. Uh, but I, uh, that's really um, a, an amazing story. And I'm so grateful that you're uh, willing to share that that with us. The development of of products is oftentimes something that's almost overlooked. I feel like there's um, there's these stories that that go behind the reason, the 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 why into what uh, a lot of organizations in our field do. And it's it's refreshing to hear um, a development story. It's it's, it's so uh, it's so touching to kind of switch gears from the patient centric side and move into the administrator kind of mindset. If, uh, if I'm working in a clinic or a facility and I'm listening now and, I, and I'm interested in reaching out, finding out more about Civitech or potentially implementing a program, where's the best place to start? Um, on our website, we have a contact us form and all of our phone numbers are on the website. So if you would like to start a program with any one of our devices, reaching out through the website or calling us directly would be the best possible methods to do that. We do answer all of our messages. Um, just finding out more information, our website has a lot of information for indication specific, um, indication specific information for pancreatic cancer, for lung cancer, for prostate cancer. And then it has pages for patients and patients for the physician to find out information that they might be most interested to know. We also have channels on TikTok and Instagram that we have information being posted. We recently had a radiation oncologist, Dr. Z, post a TikTok video on um, our pancreatic cancer results, which have been really phenomenal. We've seen um, really great outcomes whenever we did our two-year analysis um, of comparing our patients with standard of care patients. And so he did a nice, Dr. Z did a nice spotlight on that data recently on TikTok. Yeah. So for those listening, uh, check the description box here for this episode of the podcast or the, the first comment section, we'll have the contact information website for Civitech, and then uh, hopefully a link there to the TikTok. I, I've heard that it's it's really reaching a lot of people and spreading some really important information about the progress being made in pancreatic cancer treatment. Yeah, unfortunately, pancreatic cancer is one of those diseases that is just very hard to treat. Unlike prostate and breast cancer, you know, most people diagnosed with prostate or breast cancer are cured or able to live a lot longer. Whereas pancreatic cancer, I mean, it's five-year survival is 5%. It's very, very difficult to get, to catch it in time and, and when it's still localized and then also give an effective treatment to give that patient a lot more longevity. But we're super happy to see whenever we compare patients implanted with Civitate versus the ones that weren't in a matched pairs of analysis, it really demonstrates that our patients are like, a higher percentage of our patients are living out to two years than if they didn't receive our device. And there's no side effects 
given from our device. And so it's just really demonstrating that the patients are doing better, that there's something that's helping them to survive longer and to really be able to control their disease better um, than not having the device. And um, yeah, we just recently during Halloween got a picture of one of our patients who's four years survival, four years since she's been implanted with our device. And she sent a picture of her like dressed up like a witch for Halloween trick or treating with her granddaughter. And it's just like, so amazing because, you know, it's a really, really hard disease to treat and to just see her flourishing and, you know, having such a high quality of life after the treatment is just a really amazing thing that we want to replicate for everybody. And we want, you know, all of the pancreatic cancer patients to potentially have that same outcome. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. And uh, I know I shared before we got started here that pancreatic cancer is something that's affected my family directly. And and I know that um, there's such a great deal of gratitude out there for these advancements. It's so important. And to see such success is a great relief. Mm-hmm. It's important now. Yeah. yeah. It makes uh, you feel like we're making progress. It does. It does. It feels like there's a there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Some of these things get really, really heavy and, and dark. And as you said, difficult, um, and to see, to see that progress, those steps forward is really just, uh, an amazing thing to be, to be, uh, able to witness, um, as it goes to helping, uh, groups around the, the country. Um, I, I'm curious is, has Civitech had, uh, implementations internationally as well? Not at this time. We haven't tried to sell internationally yet. We do get a lot of really really great interest at Astro, which is an international conference um, from people all over the world. And Civitech is a very small company. We're a small organization. And so right now we've chosen to focus on the United States because we're located in the United States. I think that, you know, we want to be able to reach all the patients globally and we are growing and we're continuing to expand. And I do think that eventually at some point we will be able to help patients outside of the United States. Very important advancements happening. And I know our international listener base will be excited to, to kind of hear that there's, there's promise down the line. I know that um, these are valuable pieces of tech that uh, are, are desired uh, around the globe. As we kind of consider the different product, uh, the different product lines again, I know we've, we've chatted quite a bit about uh, the, the sheet and there's also Cividerm and Civistring. So, um, and I know you had mentioned during the first portion of our conversation that Cividerm and Civisheet are similar or exactly the same with some classification differences. Right, so there are, Civisheet and Cividerm are separated by their FDA clearance. It is the exact same device, the same construction, but the Cividerm has an FDA clearance for a temporary surface treatment or intracavitary treatment. And the actual sources, air Kerma strength, are much higher so that you can deliver a therapeutic amount of radiation 
over the course of days instead of integrated over the lifetime of the patient. And so the civish, so this is Cividerm. Uh, so with, with Cividerm, mm -hmm. and, and we had talked about how that can be done in any clinic. Is that uh, like a dermatology clinic or is that still a hospital setting? The place that's doing the treatment would need to have a radiation, a radioactive material license. Right now, there aren't really any dermatology clinics that have radioactive material licenses. Um, because it's a sealed source, it is regulated by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission or a agreement state. Mm -hmm. And typically, either like um, a hospital or a radiation therapy clinic would have that RAM license that would be required to receive and utilize sources. It is governed under like, um, I think it's called section 400 of manual brachytherapy. So the person administering the treatment would need to be trained in brachytherapy. Um, so that's typically a radiation oncologist. Mm -hmm. I guess there um, for prostate were some other types of um, physicians that weren't radiation oncologists that state brachy. And I guess those people could probably do this too. But um, for the most part, it is used on this outpatient setting from a facility that has a RAM license and is able to receive and utilize radioactive sources. And the real amazing thing about Cividerm is it's completely conformal to the surface of the skin or the cavity. And when anybody who's worked with HDR catheters and had to make molds of the surface of the skin and place catheters know that sometimes the catheters get crooked or they otherwise don't stay exactly in the right channel that they that you wanted them to and um, you have to make adjustments because of that it can be very time consuming to make those molds and to do the correct um, modeling of the the surface that you want to treat and so this device, it is basically like you can roll it in a bowl, you can make it into a cylinder, you can wrap it around the nose, you can wrap it around the ear, and then you adhere it in place just like that. Um, and so then the spacing of the sources is known and you can, like I said, order it based on a nomogram and then do your 3D treatment planning after seeing the patient. And there's really no setup um, involved as far as having to make the molds or pre-plan the patient in a way that you would get a CT scan so that you knew what their surface was gonna look like in their area that you were gonna be intending to treat. The, the device itself, once you've conformed it to the surface, you can trim it and you can cut off additional sources that aren't needed that are outside of the treatment area. And you can mold, make it the size that you need it to be. And be, because it's palladium, it has the most superficial dose. It has a, a, a shallower dose than electrons even. And so it's really great, especially on the head and neck, because uh, you can think of all kinds of places on the head and neck that you want to treat the skin surface, but you don't really want to treat deeper than that, right? So like on the top of your head, you might want to treat the skin, but you don't want to penetrate through the skull. Right beside your eye, you don't really want to treat the eye. You just want to treat the skin beside the eye. And so because the 
the depth of the penetration of the 21 keV photons are shallower, you have better ability to control what you're uh, treating on the far field. Such flexibility to be able to just to trim away just with scissors. Now that that's one thing that caught me there. Well, we recommend like sterile scissors, not just like what you open your mail with, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My, um, my kids craft scissors just kind of bust. (laughs) Well, what a, what a great, uh, what a great procedure to be able to offer a patient that that otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't be able to maybe receive treatment for that, uh, for, for those various areas, wrapping around the ear, even that that's, Mm -hmm pretty amazing. I think that like, even, you know, when you treat the ear with your LINAC, you have some radiation that's going around the hairline and there might be some loss of hair associated with that. Whereas this, you could even put it on the backside and treat going this way and then put a lead shielding on the front, or you can wrap it around and then shield around it. If, if you needed additional shielding, the gold is there to do the shield building, but it's, you know, you, you calculate what you need for each specific patient as treatment planning goes. And so you can, it's super patient friendly. Like you can really control whatever side effects because the dose will be so well known and planned for, and you can eliminate any potential side effects. You can have multiple patches if needed at one time, because the gold is there to block the radiation on one side, and then you can add additional shielding if if you need to, based on that specific patient. And so I think from like a patient's perspective, having those like logistics worked out in an easier way to manage for the people that are supporting that patient um, will help give them access to having the patient treated when it's still a very manageable skin cancer and a very manageable disease. I think that there's a lot of patients that are pushed towards surgery because, um, you know, maybe they don't have somebody that can take them for their radiation treatments and that surgeries, especially on the head and neck can be very disfiguring and have very bad cosmetic outcomes for that patient. Yeah. And I think that those things can be avoided completely if there was something that was, you know, developed with the patient in mind. And there's, there's a, there's a level of quality of life too, that's associated with, um, those disfiguring procedures, some necessary, so I, not to discount them or, uh, or, you know, or discourage, but, um, there is such a level of quality of life that can then lend itself to healing. If, if, if you're able to maintain the integrity of one's traditional aesthetic. Agreed. Absolutely. Moving from civaderm now to civastring. Um, let's hear a little bit about what civastring looks like. So civastring is a linear source, whereas civasheet and civaderm are planar directional sources. Um, civastring is a linear isotropically emitting source, and it was developed for prostate cancer primarily it's compatible with the same needles that you would implant seeds with. You can implant our device with, but because of the linear source, the radiation distribution is more uniform and you don't get hot and cold spots based on like the seeds being closer together or being at the end cap of a seed. We have a more 
uh, uniform dose profile. And because of the uniformity of the line source, you can actually space these sources farther apart in the prostate and still deliver the correct amount of radiation to address the prostate cancer. By spreading them out within the prostate, what happens is you can get them farther from the urethra. So that means that you have a lower dose to the urethra and less likelihood for problems, uh, side effects created there. And then you also can have fewer needles used to implant a full prescription dose because everything is spaced out farther. So in one study, we demonstrated that we could have 40% fewer needles than the um, average other treatment with the seeds. With 40% fewer needles, what you get is less edema. There's less immediate swelling from the procedure. So two things happen when you have less swelling. Number one, there's no swelling during the actual procedure. So the physicians don't have to come back and do like one-off sources to try to make coverage where there might be a cold spot because it's swelling. Number two, the patient has less discomfort because they don't have swelling happening at as, as much of a, um, a degree as the other products. So they just feel more comfortable after the procedure than they would have otherwise. And because of that, they can get back to their daily tasks faster. Also, because there's 40% fewer needles, the procedures tend to go a little bit faster. And so the patient has to undergo less anesthesia at a time, and that helps them to recover from the surgery a lot faster. And because the procedure is faster, the hospitals can actually turn over the rooms quicker, and the utilization ratio of the room and the physician winds up going up because you can rotate through if you need to on, on a, a faster basis. And so it's all around a good thing to be able to use less needles to deliver a full prescription to the prostate. I know that there is a lot of newer research out there where they're using MRI guided um, treatments. And one nice thing about having a line source is they're continuous. And so, you know, based on um, association with itself and with its other sources, which source that you're marking in the treatment planning system. So like if you had three sources that are seeds, you wouldn't necessarily know which needle they came from if they were really close and bunched up together. But with our sources, they're spaced farther apart. And so you could actually make a hotter source on the tip of our line source and then make it kind of like gradually less hot mm -hmm. when it gets to the other end of the source. And so like if your MRI was saying you need to treat, you know, this quadrant of the prostate, you could actually make it hotter and then gradually like reduce the dose um, throughout the prostate so that you can make it kind of centric where the MRI said you needed to, but still have some level of treatment, like kind of in that quadrant as you're gradually going away from it. And the treatment planning software um, that's currently available, I know you could do at least two different source strengths in one prostate. I'm not quite sure like what's the maximum number you could really calculate given what's currently like available to users. But I mean, the technology is there right now that you could do that um, MRI guided treatment with our product and have very successful outcomes.
better it's an enhancement on all fronts it seems um less trauma for the patient faster healing less time anesthesia and with the with the flexibility for the departments to serve additional patients you know um yeah definitely yeah that's that's important that's really important that's one thing especially uh, i feel like post covid there was there's some backlog and the ability to, um, in, in all facilities, there's just, you know, folks were waiting for treatment. So in situations like this, it, it would make, uh, from the sounds of it, it would make throughput easier and less cumbersome for the facility. So a more agile uh, procedure for everybody. I agree. I think that there's a lot of benefits, both to the facility, to the physicians, to the patients. Yeah. It's like an everybody wins kind of scenario. And and honestly, if you look at the long-term data, brachytherapy has very, very good metrics compared to any other treatment strategy for prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, the patients live disease-free for um, a long, long time compared to the others um, without having any additional treatments. You know, it, the, the devil's in the details. It all is about the staging that the patient had whenever they were first diagnosed but brachytherapy as a whole um, competes very, very well um, versus any other treatment modality there is for prostate cancer. Yeah, without a doubt. There's um, there's interesting things coming around and all the time. Different papers are being uh, published. The other day I saw one on, I think I was on LinkedIn and I saw one where they, um, the dose distribution were compared between photon, proton, and brachy. And it was it was pretty um, pretty fascinating little paper. I'll, I'll try to find it and share it, but um, just kind of highlighting and outlining the benefits to the brachytherapy procedure in the lack of entrance and exit doses and uh, the salvation of critical structures. Kind of um, interesting all around to to see the the benefits being highlighted. It's nice. I mean, whenever you think about how radiation works, it's always hottest at the source mm -hmm. and then follows either one over R squared in, in air as it goes away from the source or, you know, um, it, it propagates their tissue um, and, and follows that dose fall off. And the point is that if you have a localized disease like prostate cancer that is diagnosed when it is within the prostate and a very clear defined border, then it makes the most sense to treat it as a localized disease with a localized therapy, yeah. giving the radiation exactly from within the tumor and not getting any radiation outside of that region. And I think brachytherapy does that very, very well for prostate cancer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and from the sounds of it, there's um, many, many more um, disease sites and indications that would uh, qualify to see quite the benefit from from investing in a program like uh, what Civitech is offering. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Interesting. I so greatly appreciate you being willing to share uh, this information with me. I know our, our listeners do as well. There's um, just so much to learn, so much to unpack. And uh, I, I know that um, it's it, you've had a, an incredibly busy day already, but uh, I certainly appreciate you taking time to share these things with us. 
no, thank you for inviting me. You know, it's like something I talk about all day, every day. So it's like, I don't really get tired of having the conversation. It's really great to be welcomed onto your show and to have a, a chance to have this conversation. Folks, if you're still with us, we've had the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Christy Perez from Civitech. Thank you again, Dr. Perez, for sharing your insights into the world of brachytherapy. Listeners, stay tuned as Dr. Perez will be joining us again for part two very soon. We've had a blast having you with us today, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day.